0: Little gnarls, Barkley. It, uh, well, let me ask you: Do you know, or do you have any crazy people in your life? <laughs> no pointing this morning. Yeah. That, in other words, do you, do you ever have to deal with anybody that's just flat out crazy? See, I believe our world's a little bit crazy. That. There are crazy people everywhere, and you run into them in the stores, the office, job sites, athletic fields, schools, around the neighborhood, online, there's lots of crazy there, and even at church, the fact is, we are surrounded by crazy people sometimes, and when I talk about crazy, I want to be very clear. I'm not talking about anything that has to do with mental illness. That's a whole nother subject. I'm talking about people who are so self-centered that they're living life off the rails. The people who have dismissed God from, from the throne in their lives. And they reject uh, what I would call wisdom. And the fact is they're, they're on that crazy path in life. And the challenging thing for you and me is that we've got to navigate the craziness. It's dealing with, with crazy people that have just, dist- the, the fact is we kind of struggle and you got to deal with crazy talk, crazy ideas. And friends, we've got to understand and recognize wisdom and and truth. And part of what makes it even more difficult, I think, is crazy is always vying for your time. It gets in your face. It, It gets your attention. And so thankfully, we've got the Bible, I believe, to show us, to point us in the right direction in our lives. Scripture, it points us to how to experience the very best that life has to offer. It shows us how we can reach our full God-given potential. fact is, you were created with that. And Jesus talked a lot about experiencing the abundant life and the blessed life. And so time and time again, Scripture says, you know what? Learn from history and then gives us a story. And here's the crazy thing. We rarely learn from history. So how how do you deal with crazy people in your life? There there are some things I think we can learn. We're going to look at a guy in the Old Testament by the name of Daniel. Uh, You might recognize that name, Daniel. It's the same Daniel that ended up in the lion's den and God, God rescued him. And we know early on because of Daniel's faithfulness that God's hand was on him. Daniel stood out. Everywhere he went, he he was a person of character. He was God honoring with everything that he did, everything that he said. And because Daniel was that kind of person, he was able to rise from being a POW to a very prominent position in Nebuchadnezzar's court. And you might remember Nebuchadnezzar from last week, we talked about him. Because Daniel was that kind of person. He was able to speak the truth into people's lives. And what we're going to find out today is that Daniel had to deal with crazy. A lot of crazy ideas, a lot of people that were living crazy lives. Now, from last week to this week, several decades have passed, okay? And the fact is we've got a guy that's sitting on the throne by the name of Belshazzar. He was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And, and again, that's who we talked about last week. So this is his grandson. Belshazzar is a 30-something-year-old king. He's throwing a gigantic party, and apparently he did this often, think rave party. And they, most of the time, these parties would get out of control. But it says one evening, King Belshazzar gave a great banquet for a 1,000 of his highest officials, and he drank wine with them. The the fact is, this is a who's who party. Everybody that mattered, that was important, was invited to this. They're attending. And it says, as Belshazzar was drinking his wine, he ordered his servants to bring the gold and silver cups. Here's the key. His grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had taken these cups from the temple in Jerusalem. When when he conquered Jerusalem, he went in, took, took these from the temple. Belshazzar wanted the cups so that he and all of his wives and officials could drink from them. I think it's very easily missed here, but this is is not a casual thing that he's doing. He is flagrantly disrespecting God in front of everyone. The the king calls for these stolen items that were from God's house to be paraded into the party the fact is, he, he is disrespecting God here. I mean, it's just an in-your-face thing. Which makes me think, Belshazzar, I hope that you're having a good time right now. But think twice. My only advice, come on now, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are, Belshazzar. oh bless your soul you think you're in control it's crazy it's crazy you cannot disrespect God you cannot play around like that and so I ask you today who do you think you are you know our our culture our culture is always demanding respect have you noticed that nobody gonna disrespect me And I'm going to say something that may make me sound a little bit crazy. But how about instead of demanding respect in your life, how about you give respect instead? You know, the the moment that we disrespect God, the moment we disrespect God and throw him off the throne is the moment I think we better think twice about what we're doing. You know, Proverbs uh, says this, says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. The fact is, pride, pride will take you on that crazy ride in your life. You, you won't see humility talked about much these days. You won't see it on talk shows. You, you can't find self-help books that talk about how to, how to be a humble person. But you've got to understand this. Where there is humility, God is active. Where humility is missing, well, watch out. Be careful. Friends, I think we have so much in common with, with Belshazzar, with, with the Babylonians, that, that it's, it's almost uh, uh, scary. The fact is, how do we disrespect God? Well, I think a lot of different ways. When, when we uh, don't give God credit for what God's done in our life. That, that's a way we disrespect God. Uh, when we give uh, lip service and say, oh, I love God. God's the most important thing in my life. But our lives say something very, very different. I mean, you may be having the time of your life, but you better think twice. Twice. I mean, who do you think you are? (laughs) Bless your soul. Do you think you're in control? It's worth thinking about. You know, Daniel uh, says this. says, when the golden cups were brought in, everyone at the banquet drank from them and praised their idols. There must have been a bunch of them, Made of gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. And friends, when I when I read this, I'm like they're worshiping idols. It, it sounds barbaric, doesn't it? it? It sounds primitive. It sounds simple. You know, like oh, I'd never do anything like that. Well, here's the crazy thing: we do the same thing in our lives. You know, you watch people, and you watch how they howl and whine and cry when the economy takes a twist. Do do you know why that is? Because their God, lowercase g, has failed them. Their God, that lowercase g, has not come through in the crunch. And the craziest thing is people sacrifice for that little God. Give me more. I want more. You know, they sacrifice family for it. They sacrifice their values for it, their health, all for that little bitty God. So back, back to the party, back to the party. You know, the wine's flowing. People are worshiping idols. They're drunk. And suddenly, Scripture says a hand appears on the wall and writes three words in Aramaic on the wall. Now, I'm I'm guessing, I'm reading between the lines here, but I'm imagining the king sitting and he's watching and he sees that hand and he's like, what is in this cup, you know, what am I drinking? Says he was so frightened that his face turned pale, his knees started shaking and his legs became weak. Any Belshazzars in the house? Anyone all about themselves? Anybody thinking that the world revolves around them? Anybody thinking they're they're self-sufficient, that they don't need anyone, that they don't need God? Anybody thinking that you're in control in your life? Anybody disrespecting God? All I can say is the handwriting's on the wall. You know, Belshazzar, he has this high opinion of himself. He's disrespecting God. He's dismissing history. I mean, he's heard the history. He knows history. but, But he's like, eh, I'm better than that. I'll overcome it. He's on the crazy path. His grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar, had been down that path. And Belshazzar knew that. I mean, he knew how his grandfather had went on that ride with pride, and it drove him crazy, ultimately. He he had heard the stories. He may have witnessed them of how his grandfather ended up living out in a field like a wild animal for seven years, until finally Nebuchadnezzar woke up, and he bowed a knee to God. He acknowledged God. He humbled himself. And and scripture says his senses and his kingdom were were restored to him. Belshazzar knew all that. This 30-something whiz kid, he knew that story. He had heard it his whole life. And he just disregards it, blows it off. And he's like, I'm going to do what I want to do. Belshazzar, it's interesting because he understood Aramaic. So he knew what the words were on the wall. He knew what they said. He just didn't know what they meant. His advisors, they had no clue what was was even on the wall. But his advisors remembered a guy by the name of Daniel. They knew Daniel was wise. They knew Daniel What was discerning, that he had a gift for interpreting dreams. And so the king's advisors, as crazy as they were, they recognized that the king needed to talk to Daniel. And so they said, king, you ought to go get Daniel. He can help you here. It says, when Daniel was brought in, the king said, so you are Daniel, one of the captives my grandfather brought back from Judah. Daniel possess some qualities I think that that's going to help us understand how do, how do you deal with crazy crazy situations crazy people see Daniel was a person of integrity you know that word integrity it comes from integer it means uh wholeness it means you are the same wherever you're at you're consistent uh you're, you're stable in all your ways and friends if you're a person of integrity and hear this if you're a person of integrity everywhere you go, God will give you the opportunity to speak and to influence and to confront crazy because of that integrity. You know that person that you go, man, they got some crazy ideas. That, that They're living a crazy life. If you live with integrity and are consistent, if you reflect jesus christ in your life if you're god honoring with everything you say and do god will give you the opportunity to speak into their lives and speak into the craziness see daniel knew belshazzar i mean he knew his reputation he knew that he was surrounded by crazy advisors but this is what i find interesting this is the first time that Daniel is meeting the king, apparently. It seems strange to me. I mean, Belsh- Belshazzar would have known that Daniel was big and helped his grandfather so much. He, But he's never met him before. What's that about? I mean, you think about it, he, he had a major role in his his grandfather's rise. And so... Here's what I want to ask you. Do you have a Daniel in your life? Do you? Do you have someone that you can go to that has integrity, that's God-honoring, that, that you can get counsel from when you're trying to make a decision to help you figure out what's the next step? Do you, or, or do you tend to seek your advice from crazy people with crazy lives and crazy ideas? I mean, it's really something to think about. The fact is, you should seek out, you should find a Daniel or Danielle, you know, in your life. Someone that you can just go to and go, hey, you know what, I'm thinking about doing such and such. What do you think about this? If you don't have someone like that, can I encourage you? Pray and ask God to open, open a door. And then go to that person and say, hey, would you mind being someone I bounce stuff off of? You know, you need someone like that in your life. And and let me say something to the rest of you. If you're a person of integrity in your office or at school or, or wherever, and people know that, you'll be given the opportunity at some point. God will give you the opportunity to speak truth into someone's life. Daniel, not only is he a person of integrity, but get this, he shows respect, all right? And that's something I think we all need to get a grasp on. The fact is, sometimes I'll, I'll be honest, I look at the world sometimes, and I think we've lost our ability to respect anymore. You know, listen to what uh, Daniel says. He's talking to this amoral king, and he says, king, God most high made your grandfather Nebuchadnezzar a very great and powerful king and gave him great wealth. It's kind of a backwards way of saying hey Belshazzar you realize everything you have the position you're in is God given. I want you to think about the conversation here. I mean was Was Daniel okay with everything Belshazzar was doing? You think? No, absolutely not. He knew he he was doing some crazy stuff. But get this. Did he honor and respect the position that Belshazzar had? Absolutely. Absolutely. As followers of Jesus Christ, you respect the position. You respect the person. When, when respect is gone, I will tell you things go crazy. They go off the rails. You know, when a kid quits respecting their parents, things get crazy. You know, when a, a worker decides that they're no longer going to respect a boss, I will guarantee you that environment will get crazy. You know, when people stop respecting the position, everything will get crazy in life. And again, you can respect the position, you can re- give respect to a person without applauding their behaviors. Does that make sense? And I know, as I say that, for some of you, you're pushing back going, yeah, but you, you don't know my parents You know, you don't know my teacher. You don't know my boss or my manager. Friends, God's in control. You're not. God's in control. When you respect people, guess what? God says, I'll honor you in that. I'll work in that. Do you think Daniel was saying... Oh, Belshazzar, you're so wonderful. You're great. Have some more drunken parties. You know, go for it. Marry a couple more women. You know, keep disrespecting God. You just go ahead. No, he didn't do that. He respected the king's position. He didn't like the behavior. You don't have to like someone's behavior, but you respect the position. You know, remember that person, whoever it is that you go, man, they're, they're just nuts. They were created by God, and they're loved by God, and we're to respect them. Daniel did something very key. He spoke the truth in love to the king. This is where most people go off and, and just collapse on this one. People will see a situation, someone will ask them something, and they'll go, oh, I, 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 I just, I, I can't, I can't tell them the truth. Sure, I think it's a crazy idea, but I, I, I just, I want them to like me. I don't want to cause waves. So I'll, I think I'll just go, hey, it's good, go for it. Friends, what, what is that about? You know, if we don't yell, we don't explode, we don't avoid someone. We're, we're called to speak the truth in love, to have an honest conversation. You know, God will give you the opportunity to speak truth. But the question really is, will you do it when you get the opportunity? You know, do you love them enough? Do you care enough to speak the truth in love? You know, I, I've shared this story many times, but I accepted Christ at uh, Lake Springfield Christian Assembly when I was a kid. And the dean at the camp, uh, after I had heard a message, I was pretty moved, and he come and had, I call it a, a, you know, come to Jesus moment, and he just talked to me very openly. And now, he didn't say to me when we were talking, hey, you know what, you don't need to worry about eternity and, and Jesus because, Damon, you're a really nice kid. He didn't say, you know, don't, don't worry about salvation stuff. It's not that important. He didn't say, you know, sin and repenting. Uh, oh, Damon, it's not a big deal. Just let it go. No, you know what he did? He told me the truth in love. He told me, he said, you know what? You're a sinner. You need a savior. No matter how good you are, you're not going to make it. And that truth changed my life. It changed my eternity. Now, what if, what if he hadn't told me that truth? Well, I might not have ever become a Christian. Maybe. And then think about it. Let's just spin it out a little bit. And then one day I die. I die. I wake up in hell and I go, whoa, how did I get here? And let's just suppose I could come back. And I go and I find Dan, the dean at the camp. I say, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me I wasn't okay? You know, why, why didn't you tell me that I need to repent and accept Jesus as my savior? And how sad it would be if his response to that was, you know, Damon, I I I just didn't want to hurt your feelings. Friends, God is counting on you. I don't know what environments you're in. God is counting on you to speak the truth in love, okay? If it's a sword, that's 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 not what he's called you to do. In love, we speak the truth. And so here's what uh, Daniel did. He gave Belshazzar a little history lesson. Belshazzar, Nebuchadnezzar was a king. I think you might know him. And he went crazy because of his pride, he lived like an animal. Out in the wild, seven years he lived like that until one day he repented of his sins and he humbled himself before God. says, but Belshazzar, you already knew this. You're Nebuchadnezzar's grandson. But still you have not made yourself humble. Friends, are you willing to share the truth in love? Because the fact is, that person that that God brings into your life, that maybe you work next to or live across the street from, God may change their life with your words, with those opportunities that you're given. Now, I will tell you through the years, I have watched lots of people get on the ride of pride. And I've seen lots of people go off the rails and if I have, have the opportunity, I try and give, give them advice, try and caution them. And I have spoke the truth in love. And I wish I could tell you that when I did that, it always worked out. That's not the case. It's really uh, about half the time. Sometimes it's helped them. And I'm able to get through. And sometimes it doesn't. That's just the facts of it. Daniel speaks the truth in love. Says, Belshazzar, you know the history of your grandfather? You, you, you know how it turned out for him? What are you going to do, Belshazzar? No, you did not become humble. Instead, you've turned against the Lord of heaven. You hear that echoing? Belshazzar, who do you think you are? What are you doing? You know, the fa- fact is that David or uh, Daniel interprets the words that are on the wall. And there, there are three words that are up there. That, again, they're in Aramaic. And it's mini, which means numbered. Tekel, which means weighed, and parson, which means to divide. And so Daniel sees the words, God is working through this, and so he interprets it, and he says, Belshazzar, your days are numbered. You've been weighed, and you've been found wanting. O King. Your kingdom is about to be divided and taken from you. Scripture says that very night, same night, Belshazzar, king of the Babylonians, was killed. A man named Darius the Mede became the new king. Destruction comes quickly. And I try and sort it out because remember last, last week we talked about Nebuchadnezzar had 12 months to turn it around and he didn't. And so then he ended up living like a wild animal after that. Belshazzar is given 12 hours to turn it around and he didn't. And when I read that, I think, friends, we are only promised now we're only promised now you know Paul writes he says I tell you the right time is now the day of salvation is when now so let me ask you one more time who do you think you are do you really think you're in control of everything really the the fact is if, if you think you're in control of everything it might make you crazy I mean probably the fact is you may have 12 months like Nebuchadnezzar to correct things you might have 12 hours we you don't know the fact is we have now if if you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior Do it today. Don't don't put it off. Don't go, I'll do that down the road tomorrow. Now is what you're guaranteed. And Christ followers, let me say something to you. You know, we don't know how long we have and we don't know how long the people around us have. We are called by God. Created by God. to, To share our faith. And it is... We're going to be given opportunities if we're people of integrity and we're truly trying to please God with what we say and do. We will be given opportunities to influence people and that we can be effective if if we're people of integrity, if we're respectful, and we are willing to speak the truth in love. Do you know who you are? Do you know what God's calling you to? And let me ask this, who, who's on the throne in your life, really? I mean, are you crazy like Belshazzar? Or are you crazy for God? And crazy enough to just say, okay, God, use me. Use me to make a difference in my neighborhood. Use me to make a difference in my school. Use me to make a difference at the office or the work site. Prince. Let God use you. Be a a person of integrity and let God use you. And be bold enough when the opportunity comes to say what needs to be said in love, in love, in love. Did I say in love? In love. Over and over. Everything in love. Everything in love. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy God, God, we praise you today. God, forgive us. Um, forgive us our sins. Forgive us the things we say, the things we do that um, are not pleasing. God, help us to be people of integrity. Help us to just make a difference in the areas that you've given us the ability to make a difference. God, I pray that we'd be light in the midst of darkness. God, I know there are some here today that they need to bow a knee to you, accept you as their Savior. God, I pray that they would just say, yes, Lord, I need that. that They would know that today. They would know your presence. They would know that they're forgiven they would know that Jesus died for them. God, help us to make a difference in this world. Help us to be like Daniel, Lord. We give you the glory. We give you the praise with all we say and all we do. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God's people said, we're going to celebrate in communion.
1: couple of things before we uh, proceed. After we're finished, there are trash cans, of course, at the back doors, and please dispose of your communion element there. Don't spill this on your clothes. (laughs) It's grape juice. I don't want anybody, and we're going to go slow through this. We don't want anybody to have stains on their clothes. So, the first thing we're going to do is I'm just going to point out that there's a little cellophane cover on top. Now, don't, you don't have to open it now, but don't take anything. Don't take the wafer. I'm going to read just a short portion of Scripture. But you, that little tab will come up, and when we get ready, you'll pull that back slowly. The wafer will come off. You'll eat of the wafer. And then to get to the juice, there's a little more substantial tab that you'll pull back. Pull back about three-quarters of the weight. You'll have time to—you'll be ample opportunity to drink and open— if you pull it back all the way, you may lose it. So, again, we'll go slow. For some of you, this is, you've maybe never done one of these, but uh, we're going to do it today, okay? So as we prepare our hearts to receive communion, uh, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. In my Bible, the paragraph heading is the Lord's Supper. And Paul writes this. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. Verse 23. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So now let's take the wafer and let's eat it together. Going on in verse 25, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So now if you'll take that other tab and hold on tightly to your cup, just kind of move it back slowly, no spills. Let's drink the cup together, representing the blood of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you for what you've done for us. And it's been a while since we've had communion together, Lord, and so we take this moment now to remember together as a congregation What Jesus Christ did in paying the ultimate sacrifice, dying on the cross, taking our sins upon himself. Lord, we don't have to try to pay for our sins through all eternity because Jesus took them upon himself. And we never want to forget, not just the times that we take communion, but throughout our week and throughout our days, we want to remember our Lord and Savior And how he made it possible for us to be forgiven. And this is the day of salvation. And now is the time we remember. Now is the time we give ourselves to Christ if we haven't done so. We say, forgive us, Lord Jesus, of our sins. So, Lord, as we go from this place this morning, we do pray for your protection. We thank you for your grace and mercy that has been abundant in our lives And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that we would go forth as followers of Christ into a world that needs the good news. In Christ's name we pray, and everyone said, amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Remember, trash cans in the back. Thank you very much. God bless you. Be here next week.